another episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Join me today is Wario Will. Uh, no, I, I know we have a lot, we have encountered a lot of strange stories this past over years, but I gotta say, this past weekend, oh boy, this one takes the case. So grab your popcorn, people, grab your popcorn. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just here to read the comments. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> and also, here's Skullkit Scott. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely here for all the comments, but I have to make sure that I get chocolate and popcorn. Mm. Uh, oh, you're, you're more of a chocolate popcorn kind of guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, for, I'm partial for kettle corn or, or caramel corn for, for me. Caramel corn is really good. I can't eat caramel. It makes me sick. And it gets stuck in my teeth. And my teeth are bad enough as it is. That's that's fair. Fair okay. point, fair point. <laughs> I know it's a fair point because I'm the host. Moving on. Uh, we have a big show for you today, including a main event topic that's definitely going to de- dive deep into multiple uh, things that have been going on in the gaming world and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, what have you been playing? Uh, Skull Kid, how about you go first? Alrighty, so this week's actually been kind of funky because I've been playing uh, those weird Dead by Daylight games that just came out this weekend, which mm-hmm. was like Dragon Ball The Breakers as well as the Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed game. Right, 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 um, right. I think Dragon Ball The Breakers I really like to play, but I hated the fact that you don't unlock like anything until the end of the pat. Like there, I guess Dragon Tier slash Battle Pass. So it's kind of like you don't feel like you want to play the game. Yeah. And then on the other spectrum, you have Ghostbusters, which is really fast at unlocking things. I got to like level five and unlock like half the outfits. So it makes a lot more fun. And you get like stuff for the ghost. And it's just like, I think Ghostbusters might be the better game if you're like debating on which two of those games you want to play. Unless you're really a big fan of Dragon Ball and you want to just you know, be Frieza and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, we have a lot of people. I mean, there are a lot of fans of, of for sale, Frieza, Boo. I mean, unless you're really like a big stand for those evil characters, by all means, that yeah, this the game's for you. But aside from the whole Battle Pass, bitch, uh, yeah, yeah, how many games do we need? Battle Pass from Fortnite to Overwatch 2, now this <clears throat> game? Come on. I mean, battle games? passes are usually those for free to play games. These are freaking pay games. Yeah. You should not be putting a battle pass system in these types of games. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's but, just. But, we, but it has to print money. It can but print that... money without having to do that. <laughs> I feel like more people would buy the game if they didn't have this nonsense. Right. Like, what happened to making a full product? Like, <laughs> let the product speak for itself. But no, you want to go just squeeze every single penny from your consumer. Uh, and you want to get like five for your gamers' attention, like play me, play me every single day to get overboards and all that. Enjoy the grind, make it work. I mean, sure, they're gonna have like maybe two or three whales in the community that's gonna buy everything up to level fifty so they can play as the farmer with the shotgun. <laughs> otherwise, I don't see the real point right. in getting unlocking anything. I mean, it's just it's just basically bragging rights, like oh, I gotta make it up to here. Like that, I already, I'm already bad enough with myself as well. Like. On tangent, it's like I have Fall Guys, I have Overwatch Two, and I mean I'm done with with Splatoon Three. I mean, thankfully their quote unquote battle pass is free, and you just have to do fill up the season. So I'm thankful for that. But games these days, what we get? Yeah, I just yeah. want to know that my, when I think about when I I I watched sorry, when I saw the first my first trailer for Dragon Ball Breakers, it was they were showing off like the gameplay and it showed the farm with the shotgun, and all I could think about was DBZ abridged. 
I, don't I watched you. exactly one episode. It was the first episode, and it's where the far the farmer with the shotgun tries to shoot Raditz, and Raditz grabs the bullet and he fires it back at him. And it, of course, the human dies, and he goes, "Human, human, human! Ah, <laughs> oh, this is why I can't have a pet." Get back <laughs> up and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that kept the franchise alive for a while. That it yeah. did. Thank it you. Did. Thank, yeah, thank God for Team Four Star. It's canon. Oh, uh, well, yeah. All right. So for me, I had one goal during the last week, and that was to finish Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order because I wanted to make sure I was done before uh, Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope came out. I do have the game. I have not had a chance to play it. I was busy with work, and then by the time I got it downloaded, it, I just I wasn't going to have enough time. So I haven't gotten to touch it yet, but I will, I will be playing it after the podcast tonight. But I wanted to finish Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And based on how the game had been going, I really thought I had, I don't know, five, six hours left to go. It was like two, which is fine. It was still like a 16-hour game by the time I got done with the storyline. But my biggest, if I was to review it, I was really at about a 4.5. And then the ending happened, and I'm like, no, that's a 4. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, I won't. I, I know it's an older game, so I'm gonna go light on spoilers. So basically, the whole point of the game is you play as Cal Kestis, who is this uh, Padawan who was who survived the purge or the Order sixty six, and he meets another Jedi named Seer or Sarah, how they say it two different ways, but uh, who who knows of another Jedi who had hid away a Jedi holocron. A holocron is a data storage device used by the Jedi and the Sith in canon. Uh, and this particular holocron had all the data on other Force users, the younglings, if you will, uh, <laughs> that could be found to make a new Jedi Order. So Cal and Seer go on a quest to find the holocron. Given that this takes place after Revenge of the Sith, you know they're gonna fail. <laughs> like, it's canon. They fail. There is no Jedi Order until Luke comes along, and then as we all know, thanks to Rian Johnson, that does that didn't happen either. No, it did <laughs> And then he told me, and then he got an update yesterday. Today, oh, we're still planning on my trilogy. Just, just don't, just, just <laughs> don't, please. Last Jedi was horrible. Shut up, Tyler. Uh, he liked the movie. I don't know why. But at the end, of, so, so basically, you're, you're going through all these plans to try and find the way to get the holocron. And obviously, the holocron gets stolen. I'm like, okay, this is gonna like lead up to the the super climax and everything. And then you have this one boss fight. It was tough. I won't lie, but it, wasn't, it didn't feel as meaningful. And then out of nowhere, Darth Vader shows up. I knew, I knew Vader was in the game. I knew Vader was in the game. No, screw it. I'm just going to full spoilers on this. So I knew Vader was in the game. I just didn't know where, where he was going to be. Sure enough, uh, he kills the person you just fought because, oh, you failed me, Inquisitor. And you you quote unquote fight Vader, you lose. It's it's not even close. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally like Rogue One, where he's just like he's flicking things away with a with the slightest motion of his hand. It's it's awesome. It's total Vader epicness. But you make it, you get away from Vader. You have the holocron, and then Cal goes, "Yeah, we'll just leave them up to the Force." He destroys the holocron with his lightsaber. He goes, "So where to next?" End screen. Ah uh, yeah 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 yeah. Like whiplash, anybody? Like what the heck? And and I know that and Will when I told when I told you this in the Discord chat, you were like, "Well, that's why there's a sequel." Like, but there's no way they could have known that they would get a sequel. <laughs> Remember, this game came out in 19, 2019, and we just got the sequel announced this year. So, 
I, I granted respawn games did a good job and they clearly had faith to set up a sequel but that after all of that after all of that effort just for them to go nah and then just go <laughs> like if a movie did that it would have gotten roasted by reviewers and everything and yeah all, all i heard from about fallen order all the way up to that point was you know this is like one of the best star wars games and i do think it is you know it's like a dark souls game a certain way and i do feel it is but that abrupt ending between the fact that you knew they were going to fail to uh them willingly destroying all of their hard work and then just going eh where do we go now like what <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm part I'm I'm partially biased because I'm a writer, and as a writer, I look for the flaws at times so that I can don't not do those in my stories. <laughs> but I would never want to do that in a comic book. I mean, cliffhanger in comic books usually is because you know the next issue is coming and you're about to you're already working on it or or whatever. But with this, it's just like you there is no way they could have predicted that it would have this much of an effect, even with their own confidence, and then they do this kind of an ending it really just sucked the drama out of it. I mean, I already, again, we knew they would fail. And then the final shot is the four characters just there. Right, right, right. And it's just like, okay, where to now? End screen. Like, what? <laughs> I wanted more. I, there's at least another hour of content that you could have put into that. Come on. Mm, nah, nah, nah. I mean, yeah. Like with the recent trend with going to Star Wars endings, like it's just like, oh, that's it. Sun ending, that's it. And like, Huh? And yeah, I'll give props to like, yeah, they didn't know of like the great success that would warrant a sequel. And that ending, I, I can empathize with that. But like, yeah, like, okay, all hard work, but nah, we we'll leave it to, to chance. Boom. Okay, or two. And, and, I, and I can already hear some of you people. Yes, you people. It's like, well, Todd, how would you have ended it? Okay. If the point, if the, no, let's just say, if, if the finishing moment was. The destruction of the holocron the easiest way you could have done it is that to make it more meaningful is that in the escape from darth vader which remember there wasn't a real ending boss fight it was you running from darth vader and then goes right into that cutscene. there is no there's no space it's fight the boss lose the vader get the heck out that's it um you could have had to where cal sarah and vader are trying to get the holocron like, you know, force, force, put, pull on all three. And Vader's winning because he's more powerful, which is fine. And Cal and Seer, like, look at each other dramatically and they realize we can't let it fall into his hands. You know, the Empire gets it. We're all screwed. And then in that moment, they destroy the Holocron to ensure that Vader can't get it. I feel that would be meaningful because that's a sacrifice. Like, we tried so hard, but we can't risk it getting into the into vader's hands and they yeah they kind of imply that in the natural ending but the way it was way too lighthearted. it was really cal destroyed and goes eh whatever let's what, what do we do now like <laughs> here it would have been meaningful and then sarah could have you know kind of comforted cal afterward like cal would have been like we we failed we got we came so close and now we can't restore the order and uh sarah coming in as as his mentor with you know we we try we had to do what needed to be done. Those children are now safe. We, the, they'll they'll find peace in the force. The force will guide them. And then they could have been like, okay, now what do we do? Like, what's our next goal to you know try and bring back the Jedi Order or stop the Empire or whatever? Because now my question is, how does this go to Jedi Survivor? Because in the trailer we see in that one, he loses his lightsaber to the to the Grand Inquisitor or one of them, I guess. 
and there's that weird guy in the in the bank to tube, uh, the bank to tank or whatever. And it's just like, okay, how did we get from that moment to that? Like, that rubs me the wrong way because it's like I don't see a direct path to that, and they go, oh, that's why I have to wait for the game, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There should be a direct pattern from here to here, and I don't see it, and that just does rubs me the wrong way. The game was still fun. I had a lot of fun playing it. I'm glad I played it. But this is one of those games where, because I know how it ends, like, in this way, I don't want to play it again. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right. You know the ending. You've seen the media. So I'm like, oh, a prequel. But I know what happens at the end already, so what's the point? Yeah. It's like when I, I... I feel the same way with movies. If I get to the end of the movie... And the, either the ending rubs me the wrong way, or I just feel like it was just wasn't worth it. I'm never going to watch it again. I have a very good memory when it comes to movies. I don't need to watch something that I already understand the ending for. But when I I love a movie and I love its ending, and you know it resonates with me, I'll watch it to infinity and beyond. I was that way with Pixar movies. I was that way with certain superhero movies. You know, and same thing with TV series. You know, once you get the series finale, well, how it ends, but you want to rewatch it again because you pick up those moments. This kind of an ending rubs me the wrong way because I was like, I don't want to play it again because I knew it was already meaningless, and now it's even more meaningless because they just casually undid all that they just acquired. Like, what the heck? <laughs> also, best character of the game was Marin, the uh, night sister. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody likes. <laughs> I wanted, I, and that's the thing. Like, we just got to a moment with her and her growth, and then the game ends. I'm like. There was still more to do with her, especially since they were totally teasing a Cal Marin relationship. I ship it. <laughs> I, I force ship it. All right, I, that's got to be a power. Force ship. It. I'm sure that is a power. I just don't know if it does what you think it does. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, well, I do want one more thing. Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Oh yeah. Okay. The, the new banner just came out, and I had a reverse Todd moment. Yes, a reverse Todd mm -hmm. moment. Because as you might know, I am not the best with RNG at oh. times. Uh, the last banner for the, the last major banner that that they had. Uh, I got one character, and that was because oh, I got to the 40 limit. I'm like, I'm okay, not doing that okay. again. This time, I got all four characters before the 40 limit. Oh, with, all right, with, all right. with two picks to go. I was like at 38, or 30, no, I was at 36 of 40, and I got the last character. I'm just like, I'm done. I don't need to summon anymore. This is great. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Good. Good on you. Good on you. Like for me, it was uh three out of four. So it, it, yeah, I had a Fila four star, and then a fa fallen um green. Yeah, fallen uh, Robin as well as um ascended a few uh yeah uh, air so yeah three out of four i mean well i like gregor and again gregor's gregor but again eh, until the next time so yeah firstly for me it's just three out of four it ain't bad for me yeah so all right well take it away uh i'm pretty much said already regarding to so it's good for me it's just funny so yeah continue with fire and heroes uh yeah just as i said three out of four of heroes so yep uh we are expected to get the mythic hero next week's uh at the end of the month so yeah prepare your orbs for that um just briefly as well uh personally for me i have uh, been playing a little bit of a as I said, Splatoon 3, just basically grinding up uh, until the next season, which is the end of November. So that's kind of like the only thing now, plus just grinding up to get up to, I'm currently right now at S, uh, S rank plus 10. So that hoping that's enough to be the X rank whenever they release it down. So yeah. Then I have actually going back to a little bit of Overwatch 2 and I have actually got some matches currently like roughly like level uh, rank 15 or something like that. So in the second page, but yeah, the grind is just, uh, it is not fun. I mean, 
There be times I actually had some good matches, but yeah, it's definitely not fun. It's not uh, nearly as fun as getting a loot box in Overwatch One. <laughs> and yeah, angle, the, man. and there's that. There's that being like, oh, it's actually making me miss loot boxes, but I can't gambling. <laughs> but I digress. But yeah, that's another topic. Gambling with for free though. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, that and also uh, funny enough as well, concerning uh, with rabbits as well, because I did actually stop at my local GameStop. Suppose and I, I know a lot of people really it says it released it today. But uh, I went to my local GameStop. They only had uh, two uh, copies of the Gold Edition, and which yeah, I did pony up for the Gold one just to get that uh, nice little collectible tin as well. And of course, I just uh, saw that uh, music documentary from Grant Kirkhope as well as the the other composer. It's just like yeah, this game is good. And plus, if you've seen the reviews, it's pretty nice. Which we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll about later that. on. We'll get to we'll that. Check that. So and um, also a little bit as well, I actually tried out a new game and actually kind of delve a little bit into the survivor genre, which. Uh, due to Josh, and I have actually played. Uh, I apologize for uh, um, expressing my weep card, but I have actually played the free game Hollow Cure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I gotta say, it's I can see why it's addicting. And the only thing I just need to do is like, like attach my uh, PS4 or some control or something, but so I played on keyboard. And I gotta say, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Simple but fun. And as I speak, it's a free game of it, so. Eh, why not? Uh, I, I get it. I get it now. So I'm picking a little bit of Cure. So yeah, overall it's just minor, uh, personally for me. So I, well, I will be playing Rabbits myself tomorrow once I pick up my copy. As and again, just so much game coming out. But we'll talk more in the news section. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is this is a this is the beginning. This, this is the beginning of everything. <laughs> like I had to do. Like if you want to talk about how how much we have to do i did something that i haven't done in a long time i actually told my parents to get me a video game for my birthday mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm, i've mm -hmm. never i haven't had, had them do that in a long time because i could just buy all my games myself or i get them from keith and with this one it's like okay i'm i just got rabbits i'm i'm not getting bayon i won't get bayonetta uh oh i'm getting bayonetta am i eventually or no I, I can't remember now no Maybe I got, I got to check the review sheet. No, I don't, <laughs> someone, someone else got Bayonetta. That was it. Someone right, else, okay. Who got Bayonetta? Oh, was it for you, Carl, who got it? Yeah, that's that's a, that's an insult to humanity, but whatever. Okay. But, so, yeah, so he got Bayonetta, and so I did, and, and I didn't get Gotham Knights either. So I got a. I'll probably buy Gotham Knights myself, but I got I got rabbits to play, and my birthday's in two weeks, so you know that'll I'll probably get Bayonetta then, and then. Uh, I, I and then I asked for my parents for Persona Five, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and, then, and then Pokemon's in November, so that one I'll be getting because I already have <laughs> already secured that. I know I have secured that one, okay? And so it's like, there's I had to ask my parents to buy me games, so I just so I know I get them all. It's it's and I'm still sure I'm gonna miss something, but like, woo, it's a lot. This, this today is the beginning of the onslaught. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah, I probably will ask Keith to probably you at. We'll ask him for as a, a Christmas gift or something of that sort, but yeah. But <laughs> I already uh, well, asked him for my Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's definitely going to be an onslaught on your people on gamers' wallets because there's so much games you want to support, but only so much finance we get. And plus, I got a convention next next month, so that's nice. <laughs> also, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of breaking news of the ironic variety. Uh, you might recall that when Tyler was on the podcast, rest in peace. Uh, no, he's not dead. <laughs> it feels that way, doesn't it? You you might recall that he loved to do a uh, live podcast face summons. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So those times, guess yeah. who just decided to post his results in our Discord chat? <laughs> Scott. 
and, and he in one round of five got three gold three five-star characters two of which were from the banner that i was just talking how about. lucky <laughs> can you get you got gregor or and ascended uh it, here, like, here. Well, holy I'm honestly surprised. I did. The, I was like, I'll just got. I just did the one summon, and I got the three star. Like, I I need to do better than this. And though, so I spent some orbs, and then I got the four star. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And then another one. I got a five star. I was like, what the crap? And then a five star. I was like, okay, what? And then a five star <laughs> on your first session. Yeah. Like. Also, uh, I just checked the gaming list to make sure I, I did have Pokemon Scarlet and Violet secured. I do. I forgot I, the other game. I forgot was Star Ocean: The Divine Force. Oh, okay. that's coming out on the 27th. So I have a week to beat Rabbids, and then I gotta play Star Ocean, and then I gotta play Pokemon. I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> gonna be busy. Oh, so much, so many games. But I mean, yeah. at least that's not a bad. Hopefully, thing. they're good games. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's be grateful that Gotham Knights isn't on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> it would not run well. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm getting on a PC. I'm like, okay, I'm snaking that. Yeah, that's if I get probably it, the best one to get it on, to be honest. Yeah, I, last I heard, it's pretty demanding on the specs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So next up, let's uh, get to the news because there's uh, it's been a lot. Yep. 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 <laughs> a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, a little bit of horrifying, <laughs> and just the plain tragic. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to present myself as a cheerful host, as an optimistic host, as a dominating will that put, not a will, dominating will, never mind, you know, you, know, <laughs> you get the joke, you get the joke, a dominating personality that, you know, takes no prisoners, but even I have feelings, okay? And how dare. I know, how dare, <laughs> how dare I be human. I mean, my, my fro makes me godlike, but, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a god, trust me. Uh, although I got fired for someone thinking I said I was god. That, that's, that's a true story. <laughs> that, that, that is certainly a thing, apparently. Yeah, that, I, I've, never free, I've, I've hated forklift drivers ever since. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but over the weekend, I had arguably my most depressing time in recent memory because two companies that I love with all my heart uh, went through either a total exposure in terms of their terrible practices, and then the other one was shut down. Uh, I won't talk about the other one because it's not gaming-related, technically. But uh, you, you, if you know, you know. Will knows. But G4 has shut down again! Yep. 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 This is... I, I I had so many emotions when I found out about this, and I just found out about it randomly. It wasn't on Twitter. I went to a, a site that I frequent for news, and it was just like right there staring at me, and it said G4 shut down after less than a year back. I'm like, what? Mm. And Comcast, the dicks that they are, uh, I don't care that they are my cable provider. I will call them dicks all day long. <laughs> um, they pulled the plug. They said that it wasn't financially making back money. It wasn't worth the investment, blah, 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 blah. And they fired everyone on a Sunday. That's a party foul. But then the people, they didn't send out the memo right. to, to, to the people before Deadline got a hold of it and started sharing it around the Internet, which, of course, caused everybody to write about it, including myself from multiple websites. I literally wrote that article three different ways for three different websites because I wanted to make sure it got as much coverage as it deserved. And, um, and certain people from G4 found out they were fired 
because of Twitter. Yes, yes. Like I, I know that like that's probably the worst way to find out. Like, oh, not not even a, a company memo. No, you gotta find out on Twitter of all places. Twitter. And, and and just in case we're not selling the this the tragedy of this, let me put it to you this way. Last Thursday, uh, actually, oh, sorry, last Wednesday, like a week from yesterday, at the time of recording, they had Attack of the Show on. They made no indication. That G4 was was closing. That G4 was ending. That this was the final show. They had their other programs going on, like their review of She-Hulk and Andor and everything. They literally just straight up canceled everything effective immediately. They were already planning. They, they, the hosts were showing on Twitter that they had already had schedules for the next week about table reads and programs that they were doing. They just straight up said, "No, we're done. It's over," and then sent out the memo. Sorry, it, you're basically all fired. Like what in the ever living fork? Like, have some class. <laughs> that I mean, that is uh, that is a way you do not fire someone. By the yes, way, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Talk, we talk about like credibility and like having good faith. Like this is just the worst. I mean, mm. seriously. And then all the the hosts who I who I did my best to support with you know praise and uh, you know doing right by the articles. Uh, they were talking about behind the scenes stuff. Like Golden Boy noted that he was actually already in contract negotiations to keep going. You don't have contract negotiations with someone if you're about to pull the network. All right. Yeah, that's very bad thing to do. Yeah. And uh the comments about this, including someone from the Outer Haven who <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't finish the joke. It's too much. But he, he, you guys know what I was going to say. But they were I've seen some very negative comments about what happened with G4 to which I say to all of you F the ever living heck off. All right. They did not get canceled because of the frost uh, speech. Notice how I said that speech, not rant. All right. It's kind of interesting how a woman calling out uh, a broken society is called a rant instead of a much needed talking to. If you think that that was woke, you're part of the problem. Staring at you, Outer Haven member. Um, they they lost. They didn't survive because they didn't have the proper backing by uh, Comcast. That's the truth. Some people even noted to me that they didn't even know that G4 was back despite their big relaunch, which is tragic. They should have been you know plugging this everywhere. And also, and this is just being honest, this wasn't the same landscape that G4 was in when they started up in the 2000s. Right, yeah. that, that is the kind of way, one of the major difference we're going to this year. I mean, it's like, again, G4 back in the day, I get we were like in the, the very early years of YouTube and the internet. Like, we still had like dial up back in the day. And that was, like, aside from gaming magazines like Nintendo Power, like G4 was the only dedicated source of like gaming news aside from, from, from these gaming magazines. I mean, now with YouTube, everyone's covering games gaming sites twitter being a major gaming media release like now it kind of it that that evolution kind of filled the void when after g4 left the first time so like just that environment like going back into it yeah g4 kind of like lost its place and they, they're trying to figure out what they can do from afterwards but now all, all these other sources is like filling that void that that they loved is just yeah it was definitely a, a new environment which unfortunately g4 really couldn't recover especially since they were all like twitch on twitch most of the time but is that really want to get your gaming news now again or you want to go from like ign kotaku or the outer haven so yeah 
nice, nice uh, plug at the site there. Will. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a nice touch. But yeah, with, with, with how it is, and they were doing Twitch and YouTube, I, I watched everything on YouTube, but they had to navigate this new landscape 10 years after they were canceled the first time, which right, I, was, right, I, right, I right. was mortified the first time when it happened. But at least then they got a send off. X play and, and attack at the show. They actually got to have final episodes back then. Yes, time yes. Was just no. You guys are done. Like that's just horrifying. And with our world being as it is, with all the content that we can watch and want to watch, you need more than a year to make Develop. it work. And it technically wasn't even a year. They launched in November last year. All right, I remember it was it was hilarious how 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 bad the original episode was because they were trying to do so many things but anyway um it was they, they even said they, they even call it the, you know their epic fail spectacular relaunch or whatever but you need more than a year because you're asking people from 10 years ago to come back and try to entice the new people who didn't watch you in the first place and then try and get them to watch you in a space where there is so much content there's not enough time all right like even for me a diehard g4 fan i had to like work around my week so that i could watch i could never watch it live because i had i had work to do that's just the truth and so yeah. i would, like watch it before <clears throat> doing show like i used to watch attack of the show before the podcast even when they moved it to, from thursdays to wednesdays i would always watch it uh like right before the podcast and then i would pause it when they weren't done and then we do the podcast and then i finish it right afterward because I'm just I'm just that busy and I'm a diehard. So now imagine the casual people who are like, wait, what's G4 again? Oh, that hurts. That hurts. It does, but it's true. And so they needed more than a year. And it just it's everything about it is wrong from the cancellation to the stories. And I want to thank the fans and the industry people who have reached out to the G4 hosts and offered them jobs because there are between the host, the staff and everyone else that was associated with it. They, they're out of jobs. And and a, a one person, uh, one of the producers who I really, really like, she was already going through a mental health situation, and now this got thrown on her. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Everything about it was wrong. And, like, again, between that other company and this company, I had, like, a horrible weekend, mentally. And it's just like, I wanted to work to G with G4. I even emailed them a letter to the address that they always showed on attack at the show I, I wrote them a letter they never got back to me uh asking if i could you know work for them like that's how dedicated i was and i was like you know, supporting them i was retweeting and everything and to see it go out like this after the big welcome back is nothing short of horrifying mm, yeah it, it just really is a shame because as you said like they had a send up they even had a graduation in, in otaku terms like at least to to probably send off the first time around and as you said just how Comcast just pulled the plug and like oh it's not financially sustainable like our investments it wasn't returning so unfortunately we had to cut our losses and like nope sorry no no last episode no send off nope sorry you're done bye bye it's, it's just yeah <laughs> and i'm just yeah it's just really wrong i hate and, it yeah like, and as as one of the hosts who ironically i kid you not to use uh will's term graduated three weeks ago he handed off the baton to the new host of attack of the show uh and it was a, it was a nice little send-off and three weeks later it's 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 gone yeah why it's just i i he said on twitter you know innovation is being let go and iteration is being kept that's a problem and it is like we need freshness we need new voices new new ways to do things and the fall of g4 again 
is it, it, I just I, I frankly call it greed because they're like oh it didn't work for me now you didn't make money for me now like really you're not even gonna give it a full chain he give you a full year like are you are you seriously losing that much money that you were willing to literally fire all of these people like that's just, it's just wrong and it makes me mad and right right i mean like you're talking about like people's livelihoods it's not a freaking gotcha game like with square enix and the first soldier like that thing <laughs> also shut down after a, less than a year as well but at least it's a, that's a gotcha you're talking about people's livelihoods with yeah. again gerard adam sessler all these people like who has like a, again we grew up with them like again even prior like tech tv and all that yeah. but it's just now you're not even gonna give them a chance and like and again unceremoniously you yeah, let them go so wrong and then what does that say to people like us? Like when G4 came back, when you talked about it on the show, and I was pitching my idea for the uh, Nerd Wars uh, idea, which I still mm -hmm. thought would be perfect for the show. That was a dream. I wanted to work for that network, and I wanted to work for that other you know, company that, that didn't have a good weekend either. <laughs> and what does it say to someone like me when these companies that I want to work for more than anything are either shut down unceremoniously or are revealed to be run by jerks? How am I supposed to dream anymore? You know? Like, yes, I have other places I want to work, like Nintendo or DC Comics and Marvel and all that, but they're not perfect. I mean, Nintendo had the labor issue. DC has all kinds of crap because of Warner Brothers Discovery. Marvel ain't no ain't no saint. Ain't no saint. Eh, that kind of <laughs> uh, you know, how how is this how is this going to work for a dreamer like me who wants to work for these companies but now fears, oh, I'm going to get there and then something horrible is going to happen and it's like no one wants to be associated with that anymore or it gets canceled right off. That, that, that's horrifying to me. That's my nightmare. Imagine if I did get hired, I just go there for a month and then G4 is pulled. Yeah, that would be devastating. Like, I finally got my dream, but... It's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. Your month of fame. No, it's just... Yeah, and and one of the uh, one of the uh, producers of X Play, Daniel Pena, he they all the hosts were allowed to go back to G Four to like get their stuff and everything, and he did this very somber walk around to the X Play set where he was one of the main people, and he was just like GG X Play, and you could just see the sadness on his face. That should never have happened. Uh, no, yeah, no. Yeah. All right, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I apologize for this. I know it was a rather somber way to start it off, but it was it was important to talk about. But now we will go into lighter news. You're welcome. And then we have a tragic main event. So first, <laughs> we got a new Pokemon. It's Bellabolt. Okay. Yeah, yes, this Pokemon, it, it was definitely something. Again, we had that second part from Iona and the intro thing. It's squishy. Okay, that's the main advertising point. That is squishy. It's a Thunder Pokemon. And then we also see the, the trailer for Iona of how, how um, Bellabolt uh, axe and yeah you can see his eyes that's where his eyes are like okay fine i mean unique pokemon belly boat but okay yeah. yeah this is like it's not my favorite pokemon of this new generation but sure i mean i, I appreciate their consistency of you know making it a vtuber episode where uh, you know, the I, I, Iona? Iona? Yeah, yeah, revealed the name. <laughs> well, there, there, there's okay, there's Iono, and then there's the Xenoblade Chronicles new hero, Iona. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so like, it's like very confusing. All right, that's too similar. And I know that it's entirely an accident, I get it, but like, come on, man, <laughs> I'm a little hard for the host. 
<laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they they showed a new trailer. It looks it looks like an interesting Pokemon, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we got a a new new trailer coming soon because we're less than a month away. Yeah, if we're gonna, gonna have a, li a little bit more. They're going to a new Pokemon, and probably even more, one more trainer. Uh, because I know, like, that was kind of doing a little collab rate with uh, the mobile game with Pokemon EX last I checked. So I don't know. We're definitely getting it's starting to ramp up after Rabbits, so it's gonna ramp up. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Someone needs to watch my wallet. That's not me. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll I'll watch it, Scott. I'll watch your wallet. I can't guarantee there will be the same when you get it back, though. Don't put the zucchini bread in it. Please, I'd put melted cheese in there. Uh, <laughs> why is it so sticky? Um, all right. Next up, this is arguably the coolest story of the week, uh, mm -hmm. in direct uh, direct contrast to what happened with G four. Sakurai dropped his latest video, and it was on the origins of Smash Brothers. Woo! Yeah, now as a gaming historian myself, in fact, I wrote a whole thing on Nintendo. I wrote a 10-page essay on Nintendo once. I'm pretty sure Smash Brothers was in there somewhere. But uh, I knew the history of, of Smash Brothers to a general extent. It was made as a fighting game. It was subbed in with Nintendo characters. It wasn't supposed to release out of Japan. And then it became the phenomenon we all know now. Sakurai filled in the blanks that you didn't know such as how this was originally just a prototype, one of two, that he made during the transfer from 2D games to 3D games. He got himself a computer and taught himself how to you know, do 3D models and lighting and everything, which just shows that is a driven man. All right. He wasn't. He asking. likes to dabble. <laughs> and that's exactly right. He is never, as you, you see that in like this Kirby Superstar video, uh, he's not afraid to do things himself and just experiment and see what works and what doesn't. And so we got the first ever prototype footage shown of uh, Dragon King, the fighting game. And that was the prototype that he made with the late Satoru Iwata to uh, show off this four-person fighting game that was going to be for the uh, Nintendo 64. And he made that and a uh, basically a drone game about security cameras. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very interesting. Um, and so he showed the, he, they showed the prototypes to Nintendo. They liked them both. But there was a problem. There was no one left to work on them. <laughs> yeah. This is the this is the most fascinating thing for me because I definitely never heard of this. And he said that because no one had worked on it, the prototypes just kind of lied there. And then all the other projects that they had been working on failed. <laughs> like, what are the odds of that? I mean, granted, it's game design and prototypes at times don't go anywhere. But like, seriously. And so Nintendo was in a hurry. They're like, we need to make a game like right now. And Sakurai yeah. is like, I got a fighting game that I know I could get done really, really quickly. So that was awesome. It then was the analysis of the fighting game genre, because as you know, on this podcast, we call it <laughs> a fighting game. A lot of people don't. And he, Sakurai actually addressed that by how people call it the anti-fighting game, because it plays so differently from other uh, other fighting games from the time, like tech, your Tekkens, your Mortal Kombat, your Street Fighters. And the reason was because he actually hates the combo system. I find that fascinating. I mean, I, and I totally agree with him because I remember trying to play, I think it was Mortal Kombat 9 at college because I was doing my own fighting game for a final project. And I couldn't get anything to work because I had to do like, you know, up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B, start select, you know, to do a simple move. And but with Smash Brothers, it's one button and one direction, and right, right, you're right. doing attacks. And so he's like, I did Smash Brothers to make it intuitive, 
easy to pick up, everyone can play, and you can have a lot of fun strategy. And it worked. And then he's then he was like, I don't want to throw new characters at these peop at these gamers because they won't know who to care for, who to like. With Nintendo characters, you know them all, or most of them. And that's how Smash Brothers came to be. Because he didn't like the combo system. He wanted to make a fun and easy fighting game, and he wanted to have a roster that people would recognize instantly. Thanks, Sakurai! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just kind of also funny as well, like, when the team was finished the game, apparently the investors don't want, no, we don't want Nintendo characters to beat each other up. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I remember uh, that. that one I knew, because... That just reminds me of that weird commercial I did. Oh, I love yeah, that commercial. Yeah, and, Bonaponte, and, and, and like... you and me, no matter how we toss <laughs> That was a great commercial. It was perfect. <laughs> and, like, well, it was, it was Yoshi tripping like Donkey Kong or Pikachu, and then it was like cutting to all the fight scenes. And it was just and, like Donkey Kong tossing Pikachu around like like Cesaro swing style. I was just like, oh my god, I remember that commercial. It was so great. That was a great That, that was time. marketing done right. That was marketing <laughs> done right. Yeah. And uh, Sakurai thanked us, the fans, for the support that the Smash Brothers series has gotten. And this just goes to show you never, ever know what's going to be a hit in the video game world because mm -hmm. Nintendo's higher-ups would have sworn it wouldn't do well. And the next game we're about to talk about had a similar story. And you have to try sometimes. Sometimes you will fall on your face. We all know games, big franchises that fell on their face. But then sometimes they bounce back or they make a new, or this team makes a new game that blows all of our minds. It happens. That's why you need to have innovation, not iteration all the time. <laughs> All right, so that next title that I'm talking about is none other than Near Automata. <laughs> because in lieu of the Switch port, which is out now, and it's very, very good, based on everything I've heard. plays very well. There you go. I really want to get it for that money. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah. the, the team behind the game, I'm pretty sure it was like the, the Square Enix people. Uh, Yoko Taro himself, actually, because that, that was actually a funny story. Well, you it was, knew it was about three it. of them. It was Yoko Taro, it was the producer of the game, and then it was the composer. Uh, that's the one I saw. But uh, one of the, 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 the producer of the game, I'll look up the name, I have it. But uh, the producer of the game was talking about the actual origins of Nier Automata. Because the previous Nier game did not do well. It, right, right, right. The original uh, Nier, like, which is now Replicant, the remake. But yeah, the original Nier didn't really do well on the PS3. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So he was like, we need to do the sequel. And Square Enix wasn't buying it yeah they and, were very hesitant about it square yeah. enix didn't basically didn't let them which uh, the team basically asked had to force like yeah, yeah let us make this game yeah. basically this is, this is producer yusuke saito he said i threatened to leave the company if i couldn't develop near automata and push through internal approvals that way honestly they mm -hmm. thought it would only sell 300,000 units globally it sold over 6.5 million <laughs> not including the switch version which i would be shocked if that doesn't do at least 500,000 so like, sometimes you gotta have faith. Yep, yep, and again, it's, it's like, <laughs> I just got kind of funny because even Yoko Taro himself, like, you're like, yeah, we're selling a t-shirt at, like, F Square Enix. Like, they, <laughs> they, 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 there's a love-hate relationship with him and Square Enix, and the fact, yeah, like, that he had to go basically for, force their way, like, let me make this game, or else I will take my job elsewhere. It's like, and thankfully, <laughs> he's kept his guns, and now we got some uh, one of the greatest <laughs> licenses out there, which also is going to be getting an anime soon next year. So I'm happy for that. So yeah. yeah, and now that with the Switch port running as smoothly as ever, which I really want to get soon, is just 
yeah, I'm, I'm very glad for the tier the, the, from the uh, platinum games of your Qatar team. Just like that, that crazy mind, as you said, like that that uniqueness is just you. You can't find anywhere aside from like from like Kideo Kojima and, and Suda Fifty One. It's just that unique. You have to play. Uh, and again, sometimes you just have to push for things. You might fall flat, but you might have a hit that, you know, gets an infinite amount of spin-offs or remakes or ports and an anime. If you don't know, let's try. <laughs> All right, going back to Smash Brothers really quick. I found out today that the game is about to hit two major milestones uh, years after its release. In Japan, it's about to hit 5, 000, sorry, 5 million uh, physical copies sold. Notice how I said that. Physical copies sold. So that doesn't count the digital version. But because of how well it's doing in Japan, the only other game that has sold more copies than Smash Brothers in the last 15 years is Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact. <clears throat> Although Splatoon 3 is probably going to try and take one of their crowns. But, you know, even, even still, that's impressive numbers. But yeah, that's how good Smash Brothers is doing in just Japan. And then it's projected by the, the end of the year, it'll have sold 30 million copies. Oh, that yeah. is a lot of copies. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, once again, Nintendo, we are perfectly fine with your characters beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next game, which yeah. is on a roster. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still crossing our fingers for that next game. But we will let Daddy Sakurai do his thing and his YouTube series for as long as he wants. So, <laughs> we, we will be patient, but no. Yes. Please keep going with your stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for another Kid Icarus game. I know that a certain someone, rest in peace, will, uh, will, would want that. So, All right, next up, well, Raving, uh, Raving Rabbids. De not, definitely not that. Uh, Mario and Rabbids, uh, Stars, Sparks of Hope, are, is out now. And uh, two pieces of news on that. First of all, the reviews are incredible. Like, mm -hmm. This game... Very positive. Very, very positive. Like, over the moon positive. I, I saw multiple reviews that said that you know it is the superior title uh, to the to the original. It uh, it improved on everything. I'm just looking at Metacritic right now. It currently stands at an 86. All right, all right. Which I actually thought it would be higher than that, but whatever. There's always haters. Right. Um, there's always Nintendo there's haters. Always, there's, always, <laughs> there's always haters. But yeah, like I'm looking at a bunch of you know nine out of tens and. You know, eight out of ten, eight out eight point fives. It's there's there's a lot, all right. A lot of people like this game, uh, as they as they probably should. But it's it's good to see it got such positive uh, feedback, and overall, a lot of people loved it. Mm -hmm. so, and, and like that's the fear. I mean, especially nowadays, you know, you 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 hear the whole. Like what? What? What are the critics saying? And then you get like, like, like what happened with Gotham Knights today? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that that was divisive. Oh yeah, here we go. Eighty out of eighty-five reviews currently on on a Metacritic, which sadly we will not be on. Um, eighty-two are positive and three are mixed. Three, <laughs> three. Fire those three people. <laughs> <laughs> always that. You only got to be that one person. Like, oh, it's just like, oh, it's not as great as like the first one or like I whatever reason they put it. In. Like, well, actually, uh, yeah. But... I, I don't remember the rabbit being this vocal before. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, what is this? And... Yeah. 
like come on like i'll give props like yeah for, like regarding for the whole ubisoft situation like i don't really like ubisoft these days but when it comes to a product something like this would made with such great passion especially with again composed with grant kirkhope like he even says like this soundtrack is pretty much one of the best works he ever done like very proud of this uh games uh, com- uh music piece and just like see the emotion as well as that like, if you haven't seen the like previews already like yeah there is like partial full voice acting especially with your, your characters and like the rabbits and i don't know you, even people are making fun of it like rabbit mario sounds so much better than chris pratt i would say that like <laughs> it's canon <laughs> Like right. even say like when a rabbit Mario is like Mamma Mia, that thing sounds like so much like Lou Albino's uh, uh, Mario. It's like it works. Yeah, it just absolutely works. Yeah. Unless you think, ladies and gentlemen, that it's only like lesser sites that are giving it good reviews. That is not the case. IGN, ComicBook.com, Game Informer, uh, Game Radar, uh, multi- like uh, Nintendo's Screen Rant, Screen Rant, really? Wow. Uh, Twin Twin Twinfinite. Uh, a lot of high-end uh, outlets. sites, yeah, outlets, sites, whatever you want to call them, are, are praising it, and so, and it just, I'm like looking at the list and just goes on and on. I'm still, I just, I just got to 83, and it's like it just keeps going. Giant Bomb gave it an 80. You know, it's very, very positive. So, hopefully, this will entice you to try it out if you weren't already enticed already. So. I mean, the game is so amazing. I get we talked about it so many times in the Empire podcast. Again, the guy who literally cried at E3 when Shigeru Miyamoto praised them, yeah. <laughs> and now we have some a great game such as this. Like this is probably the only reason I will be wanting to get because I want to support this product. It, right. it looks good. Music is, is amazing. Acting is just is pitch perfect. <laughs> so why not? Definitely why not? support this kind of game. If you want to get a, a new game this week, I definitely recommend getting Rabbits just because it is just made with such love. Yeah. I mean, this is probably better than the other options that are releasing this week. It's hey, from one, hey, other oh. game. Oh. one other game. One. <laughs> you could say it'd be uh, it's a case of Nighty Nights. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, all, but going back to the music, there was a 14 minute uh, doc- documentary. It was a little yep, documentary yep, yep. about the music for the game and about the three composers, not just Grant Kirkhope, but the three composers that they hired to make the game's music and how they work together while also bringing their unique vision. It's really worth the watch. So if you're t- entranced by this kind of thing, definitely go and watch that. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I believe they even had Yoko Shimomura, if I recall correctly. I, yes, but... I believe she was on there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was happy to be back with Mario again. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you are in this group of people, the accessibility features for Sparks of Hope has come out, and it's incredibly inclusive. So if you do need help, visually or auditorily they have options for you okay so definitely check it out so that you do not feel left out they wanted to make sure that everyone could play this game and enjoy it no matter what your abilities or disabilities may be so this is a game for you all right next up this is a small one i just want to make fun of chris pratt more Uh, (laughs) super mario brothers has gotten its official ratings from the uh, film critics association and it is rated r i'm kidding uh (laughs) Could you imagine? No, I don't want to imagine. Actually, oh, we don't. We don't want to. No, I don't want to. Chris Pratt rated R Mario. No, like why, why give Chris Pratt even more reason to suck? Um, <laughs> can you tell him better? Uh, but no, it got only a, a little. Got, only a little. Um, Poco. Uh, it got a PG rating, citing uh, mild violence and uh, action pieces, which is fine because you know. It has Bowser. It has Bowser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 
remember, the whole point of the game, the, the original games, despite what Chris Pratt thinks the games were actually about. Okay, I, I forgot to mention this last last time. Um, Chris Pratt in that incredibly forced and awkward video actually missed uh, and uh, inaccurately described the original Mario Brothers game. He said he spent his his childhood stomping on Koopas, quoting there, uh, in the original Mario Brothers game. That's the actually the only game where you can't stomp on Koopas. You have to knock them under with the blocks, remember? Ah, uh, yeah, you can't touch so, him. So yeah, Chris Pratt actually lied. He's never, he's probably never played a Mario game. It's he's probably never played the Mario Brothers game. Probably. <laughs> yeah. And also this proves that Ben Schwartz is a better actor because Ben Schwartz could correctly state all kinds of facts about the Sonic the Hedgehog game. <laughs> he was asked about it. And that wasn't in a taped, in a taped video, Chris Pratt. Anyway. But now I'm fine with it being PG. Uh, they actually, in a rare case, they didn't give much on the synopsis. Usually, they, they attach a synopsis with the with the rating, but they didn't. So perhaps I guess they're trying to keep it more locked yeah. and key. Yeah, for now at least. But uh, <laughs> obviously, we could we could infer a little from the from the trailer, like with Bowser trying to catch get all the superstars, uh, like, like the one he got from the Penguin Kingdom. So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, PG rating that makes sense. Uh, it means that we will see at least a little action, but <laughs> how much obviously still remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, screw Chris Pratt. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> okay, I don't I don't hate the guy for the record. I like him in Guardians of the Galaxy, and and I hear he's a great guy. But uh, he's not Mario. He's not Mario. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not Charles Martinet. Okay, okay, there okay. you go. That too. There you go. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Nintendo Switch Sports, which, uh, if you have been playing that game, no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't, because they had an update that caused players to disconnect from the, like, completely crash the game when they try to do online play or certain other modes. So Nintendo had to reverse the update just so they could play, which caused more problems. And then today or yesterday, they uh uploaded a new update and made it so that there would be reserved save data just in case. So yeah, they kind of screwed the they screwed the pooch on that one. Like I I know the updates can be hard at times, but like, come on, isn't that the whole point that you test it out before you implement it? Is <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening at the at the QA department in Nintendo? <laughs> it wouldn't have flown when I was in QA, let me tell you. Back in my day, I'm just joking. Uh I do have it back in my day, but not. I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, if, uh, the the game has been fixed, so if you're you know want to take a break from Mario and Rabbids or whatever else you've been playing, and you want to go back to Switch Sports, it is actually available to you now. Okay. All right. Next up, this is actually slightly breaking news. Uh, we have gotten confirmation that Mario Party and Mario Party Two will be coming to Switch in November. <laughs> there you go. We knew we knew they were coming, but we didn't have an exact release date. Now we know that they are indeed coming. In November, so if you enjoyed the first two games, like many of us have, <laughs> uh, you will be able to enjoy that next month. And then the third one is coming, I believe, early in 2023. So, uh, yeah, that that will be one you have to get the expansion pack for. So just be ready for that. Oh, here we go. It's actually available on November 2nd. I watched, okay, okay. I watched okay. the trailer, and that that told me everything. Uh, but yeah, it's available on November 2nd, where I will be in the dentist chair for three hours. Mm. Yay. And that's right before my birthday. Yay. It's going to be a great birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, th the things I do for love. Uh, Self-love. But yeah, if, again, November 2nd, Mario Party 1, 2, Mario Party 3 is coming out. 
let's just say probably January, more than likely. Probably, probably. probably. All right, finally, this is one that speaks to me and Will specifically. Uh, Persona 5! Yes! We are almost uh, to that release date on the Switch, and apparently, not unlike Nier Automata, the Switch port is good! Yes! Mm, yes. Mm, I, mm. I, saw the, I saw the reports of uh, it being good, and that's what we need, okay? Right, more we need good, good ports, ports please. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any more broken products. And yeah, so the, from basically all the reviews from the Nintendo Switch version, yeah, basically it runs very good. There is no, only uh, only one moment of like a graphical where they have to soften it for going to performance. But aside from that, everything more or less runs smoothly on the Nintendo Switch be, uh, via dock or handheld. And apparently as well, if you have the Steam Deck as well, it actually runs pretty good on the Steam Deck. So if you want to play on there, that's also an option. I but, can oh. finally play it on both now. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy to play it. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, like I'm just like very happy. Like, if do I want to go and triple dip because I have the original, I got the PS4. Do I want to go triple dip again? And especially get that very expensive edition on the Atlas site <laughs> with the, I had to pay for shipping. Which no, no, I, I want the only thing I wanted to get that is those tarot cards, but that's just about it. I don't want to pay 150 bucks for that thing, which yeah, they only ship out until late November. Tarot cards for cheaper eventually. <laughs> right, right, right. So maybe I'll just hold off for the time being. But yeah. Uh, just, I'm very happy that we're finally getting a persona, a full-fledged persona game on Nintendo Switch yes. as well. We're, we're as, like, the only thing that is a little bit um off, uh, the devil's in the details because unfortunately they, they advertise, as I said, that they have all of the DLC in in this port. Uh, that's a lie because unfortunately there is some DLC that won't they have omitted, which is the Rido uh, DLC, which is um Devil Summoner DLC oh, the costume, which nice. unfortunately it will not be in this port in the ports of the Xbox and uh and the PC and well, Switch. So it is they technically do not have all of the DLC. So okay, that's why I think it's it's a costume though. I mean, it's a costume with the all like ninety percent of the DLC is costume. Ninety nine point nine percent of the DLC. Right, right, right. I mean, they have like a music piece. So if you want to get the full experience, just get on the PS4 version. But aside from that little small omission, everything else is just perfect. It is just like it is the RPG you need to have in your library if you haven't played it yet. So yes, by all, and of course we also get a news as well from the other uh, Persona games, which will be coming out, I believe, early in January. Like, I know early in next year. Yeah, we just had news from that. So yeah, like Persona 3 Portable as well as Persona 4 Golden will be coming out uh, soon after. Yeah, so. it's like right before or after Fire Emblem Engage, one of those two. But yeah, it's, it's around that same time. And then I'm looking at uh, some of the uh, combined reviews for the Switch port. I'm seeing 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 9, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. And uh, like someone was saying, it's one of the best Switch ports to date, which is actually what they just said about Nier Automata. And uh, people were saying like, and I've been I've been increasing this on Switch since 2017, and mm -hmm. you're not alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've been advocating for this for a long time on the podcast, right? It has so yes, Wiley Strikers for. is not worthless. You can actually can understand it now. Well, I mean, it is it is worthless, but no, I'm just joking. Uh, it had its moments, I'm sure, but uh, this is. This is what we've been wanting. This was this was the last hurdle to clear. You know, would it be a good port? Because we've had good Switch ports, we've had bad Switch ports. This is a good one. This is a great one, even. So get Persona Five on Switch. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. All right. And now for our main event. 
we have to go tragic once again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but it it is a necessary thing. We we are going to be talking about voice acting, the importance of it, the respect it needs to be given, and more. So let's get into a Nintendo discussion. <laughs> I know you pro all probably know about what's going on right now, but just to be blunt, we're talking, of course, about Chris Pratt. I am so sick. <laughs> 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 I had to go on there. I was like, wait a minute. It's like so dramatic, Todd. All right. Here's the deal. Last Saturday, in the midst of my terrible weekend, uh, okay, mental weekend. I actually had good, good in other ways, but then everything like hit the fan. But uh, an event started happening on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was a three-part video series by Helena Taylor. If that name sounds familiar, that's because she was the was the original voice of Bayonetta. She was Bayonetta in the original two games, in the anime movie. Yes. Uh, what, was the, what was the movie called, Will? Uh, I think it was, I forgot the name. I think it, it, was, it, it was an anime movie of Bayonetta. And uh, she was also the voice in the, the, two, the two Smash Brothers games that the character was in. Uh, she did a three-part video on twitter calling out the quote mistreatment that platinum games had done to her because as we talked about last week jennifer hale was revealed as the voice of bayonetta in bayonetta 3 which comes out on the 28th and uh platinum games said that she was quote unquote busy and thus not able to do the voice enter twitter mm, boy <laughs> yeah here we go uh, where she did a full-on video show, on camera detailing what actually happened. In her, uh, how do I want to say it, uh, her side of the story is that she wanted to be Bayonetta again because she is the character. She had to audition to be Bayonetta, which is already insulting. And then when she got approval to be the voice again she was offered a paltry amount to voice the entire game and if you recall the most recent trailer there were there are multiple bayonettas that she would have had to voice and yet she was being paid a small amount she thought that this was unfair so she contacted hideki kamiya himself and said that i feel i should be paid more for this he responded back said he totally agree he wants her to you know be the character and blah 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 and the result was that they offered her according to her $4,000 for the entire game. That's not a lot for a voice actor, especially given sessions, retakes, extra content, whatever. And it was a flat rate, no incentives, no, uh, uh, what's, what's the word, Will? Uh, residuals. Re residuals, thank you. Residuals for if the game does well. She was naturally very furious about this, noting that the, that the franchise has made half a billion dollars worth of profits off of everything, not including merchandise, which she has signed on at various cons and whatever. And she asked the game to be boycotted, like straight up. And yeah, this got a lot of attention. Yeah, that weekend was just crazy. <laughs> and of course, uh, naturally, that first initial response from Hanel Taylor, from all the media influencers, all that, everybody jumped on it, including myself, which. Yeah. And myself. Grant I, 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 I did too. I was right there with you. Yeah, it was just like, okay, that was quite something. And if it was true, it would that that was set fury. However, there was definitely a lot more to the story, apparently, it, that we thought. So, oh, yeah. yeah. 
So here's what happened. Let's just keep the timeline going. Um, not long at like not even two hours after she replied, uh, Hideki Kamiya came on and said, "Sad and sorry, quote sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's what all I can. That's what all I can tell now. By the way, beware of my rules." Yeah, Kamiya-san. I mean, we we all get you play this heel persona on Twitter, like yes, but. The fact that even like bad, like literally blocked it to the point that Twitter had to intervene and thought that his account was a spam <laughs> account because he was blocking everybody, like for that moment is yeah. like, He's wow. Bad. He, he has bad. a He's weird auto block on his account, or if you speak any language other than Japanese, he just instant just instantly blocks you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still blocked still. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the immediate reaction was uh, one of complete support for. Uh, Taylor and multiple voice actors, big and small, came out to note how the voice acting industry as a whole is underpaid, underappreciated. We actually got one of the voice actors from uh, Breath of the Wild. Who was it, Will? Uh, Sean Chiplock, who voices of uh, Vivaldi. Yeah, yeah. And I know what you're thinking, but Vivaldi's a dick. Does he deserve to get paid? Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But he revealed that between the two Breath of the Wild games that he was only paid, I think he said like $5,000. About, a, yes. For both games. A flat for two games in those lines, so you only get paid about $5,000. And then he noted that when he did uh, the game, uh, I think it was Freedom Planet, he got residuals and he made more off of that game than he did off of a Nintendo title. That Titles that sold millions upon millions. Of right. Games. Right, more like basically, like yeah, any actors who play who actually uh, voices in in indie games, at least like they are much more respectful because again, uh, they allow for residual sales to go back to the actors. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and then other like legendary actors, like the voice of Solid Snake himself, David Hayter, uh, showed his support for Taylor, and so on and so forth. Then, mm -hmm. the coin flipped, and more details came out. Now, we want to be clear on this. The full story, we believe, has not been fully told. This, but we heard Helena's story. Now it's time for Platinum Games. Because according to Bloomberg and other sources who did their research, they said that Platinum Games did attempt to hire, rehire Helena Taylor's Bayonetta. And they were going to pay her three to 4000 per session. Oof. With five sessions total. So let's just say $20,000 for the whole game. Uh... Oh, hold on. Sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Paying between three to four K per session, five sessions, and not for the whole game. Right. So she would have made $20,000 at the most and not the $4,000 that she claimed. It's also stated that Taylor asked for a six-figure sum and residuals, which Platinum denied. Mm. Now, I want to talk about this because while there are these are trusted sources these are not just random you know insiders or whatever this is bloomberg and other ones who other people have vouched for certain things still feel off all right um not the least of which is why a voice actor even a prominent one like helena taylor would ask for six figures for a video game like, there's a difference between being paid well and being paid overkill Right, 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 right. And, and, and the way that she spoke in her video, I would like to think she is a very intelligent woman and, you know, very mindful of her words and whatever. Um, a, a big pay increase? Absolutely. I can totally see her asking for that. Asking for six figures? That just feels off. 
Mm, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, like <laughs> just the way, and also what, in, in response to that statement, even as uh, Helena Taylor says in a statement to Bloomberg, says this it's basically Platinum Games covering their butts, and which is just really, ugh. I mean, again, granted, Helena Taylor is even says herself she just want to put this franchise behind her and just go back to theater, which again, she's not a uh, she's not union, which that kind of goes back into her video, like even like low-key dissing Jennifer Hale and like just because again she Helena has a created character of Bayonetta so that I don't know that was kind of lightly slit unfair to Jennifer Hale and even Jennifer Hale has also replied back into this entire situation after that like yes unfortunately like about the entire situation I am unfortunately under NDA and I cannot disclose any details about it at the moment however she has been liking comments from fellow voice actors like Ben Diskin uh, uh, including Jason Schreier and other people it's like yeah the, about the details she was not informed of the details of this whole entire situation with helena taylor yeah so that that's just one thing and jennifer hill just basically handled it with so much grace and it's, it's like it's just respectable i can't imagine how much stress she was going through but yeah, yeah jennifer hill was respected kindly even said on a policy and said out of this whole entire situation yes be amicable be respective and get some sleep sleep is good Hail, hail, proving her legendary status. Uh, you know, that's what you expect, it's what you it's what you expect from Fab Shep. So, like I said, this this whole situation has spiraled into in like you know who do you believe? Who do you believe the voice actress who's crying foul, or do you believe the studios that quote unquote have evidence to prove of no wrongdoing? Well, to which I say, one can lie, and the other has more than enough resources to cover their sorry carcasses. Like, like like we've seen with Activision, Blizzard, Riot Games, even Nintendo. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's one thing as well, because, like, if this, this situation has been going, like, there's a lot of things to go around. Like, sure, it's not just Platinum Games or but even Nintendo, because, again, Black Nintendo is a Nintendo-funded game, so yes. surely they must have heard at least something regarding to this, like, trouble regarding to, like, Helena Tears casting. And, of course, like, with all this thing, there's definitely a lot of blame to go around. I mean, I, I've been checking out, like, from the different opinion pieces out there and like there's one because i remember jennifer hale is an advocate for sag astra for the voice actor of sag, SAG astra and like remember all that that a uh, big strike union back in the day like three years back to for better payment and treatment for voice actors yeah like back in like 2017 yeah so that that thing kind of goes back into that spotlight and like i mean we did there is a much more better uh, conditions now compared to then but it only co just continues to bring uh, like spotlight of like probably Sec Astra should have um uh, like argued negotiate better uh, conditions for these kind of payers because again while it is better it's still being untreated as we see now again with Charles Martinet and all that yeah <clears throat> so now like could there's obviously it's so much blame to put around like is it should blame Sec Astra to argue for negotiate better uh, conditions blame Platinum Games for not like trying to actually just being ch not cheap and actually maybe giving her to that or is it we're going to helena taylor like being too uh unfair like yes you want you, because you want to get for a living wage and yeah but for six figures and all that like is it worth it and of course it's not just her of course yeah. developers there's the screeners the programmers from the, uh, the entire team who make this game yeah. is like they have to get paid as well so is it in well in the budget there's just a lot of factors to consider regarding to between from Nintendo to Planet to Helena to like the union. That's there's so much blame. Like again, it's a lose lose situation no matter how you look at it. And just how like this whole situation like 
is who is right. There really is no one who is right. They they eat every single side. They want to believe they're right, and it's just this whole situation. One, it doesn't take away the fact that voice actors are being untreated, as you said. You kind of introduced it, Todd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scott, why don't you weigh in on this? <clears throat> so I think my biggest, I guess, takeaway from this whole situation is overall that voice acting in the gaming industry itself is very difficult yes. and it's very hard to actually get work and then once you do you aren't really respected as much for the work right. you put in by the companies you'll have lots of respect from like fans and conventions but by the companies that pay you you don't always get that much respect but that's also just because of how i think the gaming industry itself is ran mm. is a lot of it is just ran from the top down rather than actually having people who care about things working through the whole thing and I think that shows a lot with this whole situation is that they don't necessarily have, I'd say, a good handle on how everything was playing out. And I think that probably led to a lot of most likely miscommunication throughout the whole situation. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, even we're going through the whole pay situation, uh, technically, uh, if you're looking on Platinum side, they are in the legal right because the, the pay itself is in, like the, the company's, the industry standard, which that itself is just unbelievably flawed. So, like, yeah, you that like the, the company is legally right, but it still absolutely sucks on the voice actor's part. It's possible to be legally right, but morally wrong in situations. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Word. And, and as I saw, I saw some people stating online after the initial backlash, um, you can bet that Chris Pratt was paid millions to be Mario. Oh, big time. And, oh, of and, course. And, and Helena can't even get, in theory, in theory, like 10 grand to voice an entire video game where you can bet your bottom dollar that she has more lines than Mario. Oh, 100%. Mm. Remember, she's voiced, she would have voiced multiple bayonettas like Jennifer Hale is now. And we don't know because of NDA how much Jennifer Hale got paid. So for all we know, she could have gotten the same low ball offer, the original low ball offer, well, that, a little more. Uh, well, because the only thing, again, she, she's she's union actor. She's part of SAG-AFTRA. So no doubt about it, like, at least the conditions for her payout would be much more higher than Helena Taylor's uh, alleged pricing, so yeah, salary. Yeah. So it's it wouldn't make sense as well because, again, Jennifer is arguably like one is the veteran voice actor, which she is top dollar. She's top tier voice actor. Yeah. So the fact that like you will not get Helena Taylor again, OG actor who would get is basically for three like three games now and all that media, and Jennifer Hale is arguably the top tier, and you want to pay her pay more than that? It's like price wise, budget wise, yeah, it wouldn't be in and makes sense on Platinum's side. Yeah, and and. And the reason I keep saying that I feel that the story isn't fully told yet is that there are certain details that just don't make sense on both sides. Mm -hmm. Not the least of which is, why did Platinum Games say that there was a scheduling conflict with Taylor? <laughs> right, right. That right, was right. their words. They said, hey, we, we have faith in Jennifer Hale, even though she's not Helena Taylor. We had a scheduling issue, and you know this didn't happen. And so it couldn't happen. We all bought it. I bought it because it makes sense. You know, she, I, I don't know how busy that woman is. That's just the truth. And yet now she's like, and then in that video, she said, I had nothing but time. Like she, like she said that she was in a position where this would have been a great paycheck for her, which is sad because I feel she's very talented. She have more voice acting work outside of Bayonetta. But <laughs> yeah, mean, that's just the truth. But why say one thing and then all of a sudden it's no, 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 no. She was like asking for six figures and whatever why why would you do that 
Like, right, that I, first statement yeah, is... because that caused it. Remember, the, the statement came before the videos. So they triggered all of this by saying that she was, quote, busy or had a scheduling conflict when it was a, a pay dispute. Yeah, that, again, I, I pretty much kind of called it like, yeah, CEOs can lie. Again, producers, CEOs, even Daddy Sakurai can lie as well. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, why you lie in the beginning? You could have just said, like, no, unfortunately, there has been some of If you were just absolutely clear why you can't get OG Helena Taylor back into Bayonetta 3, then sure, you, again, you at least you were honest with us. But as honesty, apparently, a very hard virtue to have in the game industry now. Ugh, yeah. And again, the idea that she asked for six figures, that just doesn't seem right to me. If she, if they said fifty grand, I probably would have bought that because I felt that that would have been a, a, a you know, a quote unquote living wage for a main actor. Mm -mm, yeah, the especially for most. Yeah. But six figures and residuals? No, I could see her asking for residuals one hundred percent, especially after. Oh uh, yeah, of course, of course, of course, big time. So. I, I almost wonder, and they said, and again, they said, oh, we have visual evidence. Like, but what does that mean? Like, did you see, like, a, do you have an email that says, like, oh, Helena, you know, we sent that? Because they didn't say they saw an email. They said they saw, quote, visual evidence. What yeah, they saw they what? said they had, like, receipts and contracts. Yeah, which you can mm. fake. It's, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, there is all a chance it can be, yes. Yeah, but uh, this, this whole situation as a whole is, it's murky. For lack of a better term, very messy. Very, very. <laughs> now, now with Helena, the one thing I will absolutely disagree with her on is I, I would res ask you respectively to not boycott Bayonetta three, and here's why. And this is something that Jennifer Hale also noted, as as Will mentioned in her statement. There's a lot of people that made this game, good people who had no effect or influence on the voice acting situation. The programmers, the animators, the storytellers the special effects artists, the, the composers. They were hired to make a video game. They they didn't know who was going to voice it. It might have been Helena Taylor. It might have been somebody else. We've seen it before. And they wanted to make the best game that they wanted to. They spent many years working on Bayonetta 3. A decade, yeah, a decade. A decade, really? Yeah, it's been about 10 years since the, since Bayonetta 2, I believe, correctly. Yeah. Oh, you're right, good point. I was just thinking 2017, because that's when I was announced. But uh, either way, it's... They've worked a lot on this game. They are excited for this game. Whatever, regardless of what you think of Kamiya, and I know Will has many strong feelings on Kamiya because he's on the blocked list. <laughs> but, uh, true, look it up. But uh, it's a very long list. <laughs> it's a very long list. I don't think I'm on there, but you never you never know. Um, I don't want them to be punished because of what happened. And, and now, if you want to follow her other instruction of donate money to charity, absolutely. I fully endorse that and that's another reason i think I, I don't think she's lying because why say donate money to charity in a video where you're railing against somebody that, that that's a mixed message if there ever was one um i don't want you to think that just because of this one issue that the game won't be good that jennifer hale isn't worthy she absolutely is she like, she said her statement my reputation is above reproach and that is that is true you, you will not find someone who says something bad about, about jennifer hale um don't punish the game because of the actions of a few because A, you might just be missing out on a great gaming experience. For sure, for which sure. Which we all need in our lives. Like, let's just be honest here. But uh, there are better ways to support Helena Taylor and voice actors as a whole versus you know punishing a team, a whole team for the actions of, let's be honest, probably a handful of people. Kamiya mm -hmm. and the other execs at, at Platinum Games. All right? So I don't agree. Like, I will, I will still be buying Bayonetta 3. Like I said, I already asked for, for my birthday, so there's no take-backs there. Um, 
So yeah, don't do that. But if you want to still rally against Platinum Games until we get the full truth and nothing but, that that I can support mm -hmm. as long as you keep it tactful. Please. Yes, yes. Don't, don't become Kamiya just to Kamiya, okay? <laughs> I, I mean, even the fact that Kamiya, like, like uh, Steve from uh, uh, Yo Video Games, even says he has met the guy and he's not like his heel persona on Twitter. He is actually quote unquote a nice guy. So, like, you never know regarding to it. But as I said, like, I don't know why is it because maybe Platinum Games now finally learned their lesson after Babylon's fall, which, <laughs> yeah. For, Hopefully that's a lesson. You don't make such a game again, a Platinum Games, and yeah, this this regardless everything from Helen Taylor to Platinum Games and everyone in the voice act. Again, this doesn't take away the, the argument that yeah, voice actors need to be treated properly. Again, yes. give them a living wage because again, yes, four, four thousand is barely two months' rent if that's the case, if, in her case. But everything else is one. As Jennifer Hale said, be amicable, get the information, because again, as um, one friend Ben Diskin says, like, if you only just go immediately the first response, you only got to spread misinformation. So by all means, e even I'm a part of it, definitely one, this whole situation, wait until all the information comes out first, and then after that, make a decision as that. Yeah. And personally for me, I will be getting Bayonetta 3 myself. I still have the, the collector's edition ready because I want to collect the Trinity. So by all means, yeah, this game, it's just kind of sad that th now this game will have that same uh, murky situation like we did with the first Bayonetta that with not getting funding. So it's yeah. just kind of sad with the, the Bayonetta three now. It is, and like and as Will said, don't let this back and forth uh, dissuade you from the fact that voice actors are being taken advantage of. We've heard, been hearing a lot about this in the anime community. Yeah, like yeah, uh, what was it, Jujutsu Kaisen? Uh, we're going to Mob Psycho. We're going to Carl McCarley. Unfortunately, yeah. because of Crunchyroll, when that's uh, we, we you can hear that in in our A one podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So like that that that's proof that this is not just a video game issue. It's a it's a voice acting as a whole issue. And there's a difference between oh I can't pay you much in an indie game versus I can't pay you much in an anime franchise that's you know world renowned or a video game series that as Helena Helena Taylor noted uh, has made over five five hundred million dollars in profits over the course of two games and anime and two Smash Brothers appearances, not including merchandise. But she she has signed. She even says she he has, she does cons and she signs like all oh, the merchandise. And she gets nothing from it, and she's the voice of Bayonetta. So there is a lesson here to be learned, and the lesson is don't hire Chris Pratt. I mean, respectful <laughs> to your voice actors and to and just in general. If you're not even if you're not the top people, you should be respected. The writers, the animators, the special effects people. Like you've been hearing about like Disney and Marvel Studios and how they've been running their visual effects studios to the ground um, and making sub quality sub quality uh, movies like Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, as a result, or uh, writers, they've been uh, Warner Bros. Discovery shut down a writers program which was used to bring in new writers and uh, uh, especially of uh, yeah people of color. And a lot of people loved that workshop because it allowed them to have a chance. Now the chance is gone, and like. And writers as a whole, like writers in the animation industry, get a third of what the live action industry gets for reasons only known to them, uh, the higher ups. It doesn't make sense because animation is just as important as a live action show, but they get paid a third of the price. Like, how is that fair? That it's not. So it's just sad that the greed of companies and higher ups to, you know, squeeze every amount of profit possible is taking away from 
you know, hiring the right people and helping people just live their lives. White working people just trying to get a living wage. And yeah. no, you couldn't like even give them that. It's just like, people come on. Slaves like, for your benefit. Right, right. <laughs> and again, the fact, like, kind of go, even going back to Nintendo and like, going back to last week's podcast, like, again, we could have had Charles Martinet and he would have paid for a fraction from what Chris Pratt would have been offered. Absolutely. Yeah. And even that fraction might have been more than he would get from the games. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Kind of sad. Yeah. In the words of Walt Disney from Epic Rap Battles of History, labor conditions in my shop, I don't sweat them. Yeah. So uh, this whole situation, even though I still maintain that we don't know the full story, is still bad. Yes, like, yes, yes. Because there's a voice actress who deserved to have the role. She had to audition for it. Notice they never denied the audition part. They didn't deny that they, they had to have the OG actors of Bayonetta audition to be Bayonetta 3. Well, uh, that's that's a common thing in the industry, too. I, I, that, <laughs> I mean, they, we audition just to see have that. auditions, but usually they'll just have the one person they want audition, and okay. then... Fine, I'll let that slide for now. But <clears throat> uh, here's a woman who clearly loves Bayonetta. She wanted to be the role again, and they just wouldn't pay her, despite... The game being a success. If this was the first game, you might have been able to pull this off. Oh, this is a new title. We don't really know. We don't work low on budget. Yeah, fine. This is the third game. Highly anticipated. Fans have been wanting it for years. It's got the hype build up. It's I would bet you anything this is gonna be the best selling game in the franchise, which is honestly a low mark, but still. Um and yet you're doing this. You're you're not paying her, and who knows what the other actors got paid on Bayonetta three? Not not Jennifer Hale, but like the voice of Jean and uh, Luca and all of them. Who knows? Yeah, no, like those, yeah, those people also. You're you're yeah, you're might be though, getting even less than that, probably. Perhaps because yeah, even uh, Sean Chekhov says like again, obviously, if you have more vo lines, voice lines to work with, obviously more work and more pay. That's just how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but there's a lot going on here, and. No matter how this situation turns out, the, the results should still be the same. We need to do better by our voice actors and everyone else in the, what's just called the working class of the industry. Because yes. between the animators and the programmers and the artists, it, it it's a lot of work to make a video game. When a video game flops, it hurts everybody because it's like, you know, was my work not good enough? Now I won't have this new game to work on, so I'm looking for another job. It affects everybody. That's why I don't want you to boycott because a lot of people in Platinum and beyond are counting on this game doing well. And if it doesn't, that'll affect them long term just as well much as it's affecting Helena Taylor long term. Yeah. And note that it's not just the whole monetarial thing, but it's yeah. also like a whole like self-esteem thing. Yes. Yes. So yes, developers yes. put their best work into games because they want people to play it and to like it. They don't do it just for the money. I mean, some do, but usually those developers make it for the money and that's the problem. Yeah. But <laughs> developers who actually put their heart and soul into the games want to have people like the games they play yeah. to play the games. Yeah. Like it's gaming is so much more than just the video games itself. They want they want the reactions, the good reactions. They want to know that people loved it. They like they even if they don't win awards, they like to know that they were nominated because that means that someone liked their game enough to give them the potential to win something. Mm -hmm, you know, that mm -hmm. matters. Even fan voting is like, oh, well, like when we uh, will remember the game awards where three houses won the fan vote. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, no one saw that coming. It's like the winner of the fan vote is three houses. And I'm like, yes, yes, you're dang right. We won. You know, that shows how much people like that game. You know, the, it that matters. So 
I know we we ended this podcast on a sour note because of the what's going on, but we need to have these discussions at times mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we love this industry. And going back to my G four talk, we want to work in this industry beyond you know podcasts and writing for for websites. But if we, alongside the voice actors and other people, aren't getting the respect that we deserve by putting everything we have into this, these roles, then what's the point? You know, how is this better than a dead end job where we're not getting respect from regular coworkers and managers and such? Mm. Trading one lap of sorrow for another. That's not what you want. That's not what Helena wants or Jennifer Hale or David Hayter or Ben Schwartz or all of them. You know, screw Chris Pratt. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> you would never get uh, that old that rid of that joke. Huh? <laughs> no, it's 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 too good. I'm sorry. But uh, the point is. We, the gaming industry as a whole, yeah. mm-hmm. needs to do better from top to bottom. We need to do better. We need to do right by all these people who give their all for these games. Will conflicts of interest happen? Yes. Will people fall out? Yes. But it doesn't need to be because they weren't paid enough or offered enough or guaranteed what they deserve enough because someone else wanted to maximize their profits. We have enough phases in the world, ladies and gentlemen. We don't need them in the gaming industry. <laughs> yes, we're looking at you, Activision Blizzard and Volition. <laughs> like, again, now learn your lesson from that Saints Row game. <laughs> yeah. So, please please do better. Or as I said on, t- on Twitter uh, after everything that happened with G4 and the other company, please don't spread any more hate in the world. There's already enough in it. Yep. Okay? All right. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. What do you think of everything that happened with the Bayonetta situation? Do you still intend to get the game when it comes out on the 28th? Please let us know. And what did you think about G4 shutting down? Uh, have you reached out to the host and you know gave them your support as best you can? Uh, what did you think about the Smash Brothers origin story and how close Smash Brothers Ultimate is to those big milestones? Are, have you already gotten Sparks of Hope? And if so, what do you think about it? No spoilers, please. We, just, we, haven't, we haven't played it yet. Why are you spoiling for us? Moving on. Uh, let, so let us know in the comments below. So for Skullkitsuit and Wario Will, I am Triforce Todd. And ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So raise the flag.